Good evening, good afternoon, good morning someplace in America and around the world. Uh, this is your Across the Tracks podcast. Uh, we've got a topic tonight that's a little bit off, off the uh, normal track that we do, but we're going to talk about it anyway. There's a few stories you want to talk about, and we'll move forward with it. I am Steve. And I'm Wayne. And... I'm Joey. And Joy. So we've got the three amigos back for another uh, episode. And we're going to try to discuss some things that uh, deal with the Indy 500 and a couple other topics. So I'm going to start this off and just ask the question, because uh, Wayne is his first time coming out to the time trials. And I think Joy is your second time coming to the time trials. Correct. And just want to get your um, thoughts and um, experiences from from what you witnessed today. And today was the second day of the time trials in which uh, they came up with a different format this year. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, they um, let all 33 teams uh, run and get time trials. And they took the top 12 and allowed the top 12 to come back on day two. And out of those top 12, they would choose and see who would be the pole sitter, which is the number one position in the uh, 500, or the had the fastest um, trials as far as four-lap average over a period of uh, just a few minutes. So let's start with... Uh, Let's start with Joey, since this is your second time coming to the time trials. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Do you remember anything different from uh, when you went to the time trials probably 15 years ago, maybe? Uh, it's so much faster. <laughs> you know, I was wanting them to reach the 240-mile-an-hour mark. They came up shy about 237. It was a lot better this time than it was the last time. Yeah. And it's because things have advanced more, more technology. Yeah. I'll go back again. Okay. Well, we'll welcome you back, that's for sure. Um, how about the the atmosphere of, of the time trials or the 500? You know, there's this saying, and we noticed this, I've noticed it over the years, that black folks don't go to race cars or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I've kind of always gone. So what do you, what do you say about that idea? Well, you know, speaking on that, thinking back to when I came, like you say, 15, 16 years ago versus today, there was a lot more blacks there, you know, and they seemed to know what they were doing. They weren't just there. Yeah. They uh, were there to see the uh, little time trials and what have you. I, I liked it a lot. More diverse and uh, things like that is needed all over. Yeah. So what did you think about the cars themselves, the drivers? What was the atmosphere like? Where we at? Was what great. were some things that you didn't... What were some things that you don't remember or we did this time that you don't remember from the last time, per se? Nothing. 
<laughs> nothing meaning you don't, no, you don't I can't remember. remember. Don't remember <laughs> other than the cars other going. Other than the cars and the, you know, they're to me they're much faster, much sleeker. You know, um, we walked around uh, that that one part you took me to today. I don't think we journeyed that far out, or even if we could back in the day. We went over to where the uh, the cars and things were. But to take me back on the back side of that track, I've never been back there before. And I thought okay. that was very interesting because you could really get up close, you know, when the cars were coming back on that uh, back straightaway back there. Yeah. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah. Anything else that, that stood out this time that was different than the last time? I can't think of anything different okay. myself. Okay. Yeah. Well, Wayne, you're, your first time, I coaxed you into coming up. To Indianapolis and say, oh, just experience it, you know. Like, you know, my family, other than Lynn, myself, and Alex and Stephanie, uh, they've always kind of been around the 500, and they've always kind of gone out there. And whenever they get a chance to come back, they come back for the 500. As a matter of fact, I've got two sets of tickets sitting up on my mantle right now uh, for the race. So for you to come and experience it for the first time. What did you think about it? What was it like to you? Well, I thought it was a um, very enlightening experience. Uh, you know, you, you watch these races on TV, and what we witnessed today doesn't do justice to that. Because How so? Because you you realize, like, man, these cars are really fast. You know, on TV, you're probably like, yeah. They tell you what speed they're going on TV, but you can't wrap your mind around it because it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. But when you're sitting there and seeing this car coming around this track and you hear the sound before you see the car, you know this car is going pretty damn fast. Yeah. So we're, we're witnessing speeds. Like Joey said, 234 miles an hour, 236. I mean... I mean, these cars are tearing it up. And uh, there's always been an argument as to whether or not race car drivers are athletes. And I was one of those people who said, hell no, they're not athletes. (laughs) But after today, I have to say, man, I have to give those guys props, man, for handling that car, uh, the G-forces that they're under, being strapped into this tube, and basically all you can, you can't move. So that takes a toll on your body. You got to train your body to, yeah. to accept the factors that going 200 plus miles an hour puts your body under. Yeah. So uh, the atmosphere was great, man. Um, you know, people were just out there enjoying the Great American Race. You know, that's what the Indy 500 is called. Um, as Joe mentioned earlier, very diverse crowd. It was good to see a lot of black people at the venue, man. Uh, and I think. NASCAR, Indy series, they're trying to get more minorities involved to come to mm-hmm. the track. And so, to me, this was great, man. Yeah. It was good to see that. And, uh, hey, I, I may not be here in person on, on uh, it's Memorial Day, right? Yeah, now, next Sunday. But I will I will tune in to my television and I'll probably watch yeah, this. Because now I'm like, yeah, I remember that guy. You know? <laughs> so, uh, it was very uh, informative. You know, a lot of the stuff I learned that I had questions about were answered today. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited that uh, you invited me up, man. I appreciate it. I, I've, I've been a race fan forever. 
Uh, I remember watching the 500 as a little kid. I remember listening to it when I moved to Indiana. And uh, the first time I went to the race uh, was 1990, actually, to go to 500. And I had been living here in Indy for uh, six years. And it's like, you know, yeah, okay, let's go. And uh, one of the guys that I talked to today, who was a colleague that I coached with, he was there with his son-in-law and their son. So, I, you know, we were sitting there and somebody said, Coach Jay. I'm like, who, who would be calling me? I mean, there was a few thousand people right there. There was quite a few people. And I kept, Coach Jay, I'm looking around like, what the hell? And there he was. So I went up and talked to him. And so he gave me the ticket to the first 500 that I went to. And he goes, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? You know, to the five hundred. I said, "Well, yeah, you know, just to say I've gone." Right, right. And you know, it's one of those things that it was no big deal. Right. right you right. know, we got up real early. I didn't understand why we got up real early. <laughs> and we drove with a guy by the name of Bob Milliron. He was a middle school teacher. He was a chain smoker, and his cousin from Houston came up to the uh, five hundred each year. And I just had an extra ticket. I went, "Yeah, okay, we'll get up." And went out there and uh, went over to his house, met, and we headed out there and got there early. They had a tradition of drinking Bloody Marys. I think that's a traditional drink at the 500. I didn't know that. A lot of people don't do it now, but when I first started doing it in 1990, it was the first year that I actually attended, and everybody was had a Bloody Mary. It's sort of like Churchill Downs. They got the mint julep. Right, right. Well, they had a Bloody Mary. So, Mill Iron and Frank and, and Tommy, uh, Mike Tommy's uh, the, the guy that mentioned it to me. And I said, well, I don't drink, but, you know, I'll have a bottle of water to it. And so, it was no big deal. It wasn't a, it wasn't right. a big deal. You know, and they the bands went around. The Purdue band is a tradition there. Okay. Uh, Flores Henderson always sung um, uh, God Bless America. Uh, Jim Neighbors did Back Home Indiana mm-hmm. for probably 40 years right. until he until he died. Mm-hmm. And they rolled the cars out. It's still no big deal. You know, their cars were right in front of us. It ain't no big deal. And the, the owner of the Speedway, Mary Helmer, said, gentlemen, start your engine. And I'm like, well... That's kind of cool to be there. And uh, and then they started the engines, and off they went, you know. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. I uh, asked the other guy, I said, well, how fast are you going? They're going about 120 miles per hour. This was the first lap. Right. I said, well, that's that's kind of cool. And then the second lap, I said, well, how fast are you going? They're going about 150, 160 miles per hour. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Not not excited yet. Right. He goes, now the next lap, they are going to come down here over 200 miles an hour. And I went, really? He goes, yeah. And they came around that third lap. And the, the speedway, the track itself is not that wide. Right. And you right. got 11 rows of three cars that were going over 230 miles per hour within inches of one another. Now, you guys just saw 
one car out at a time. Right. Imagine 33 of them within inches of one another, and they all go into the first turn. Man, I thought I was from deep south and went, yee <laughs> I was hooked. And ever since then, I've, I've tried to go back every chance I've got. And I've witnessed a lot of time trials. And it's just been, as you mentioned, you there's no justice to seeing it on TV right. as opposed to seeing it live. When those cars are coming around at 230 miles an hour, turning four corners to right. make one lap. So that was that was my hook, and ever since well, I've gone back and I've always watched it, and I've met other friends from all over the, right. the world, and it's it's just something that you have to witness to appreciate, as Wayne said, right. how athletic these guys are. You know, they're not big. There are a few tall ones, right. you know, but most of them aren't that, that big. But to go 230 miles per hour, it's, it's just unbelievable. And I was telling you guys earlier that I got to ride in a two-seater mm -hmm. in which a 500 driver drove it, I got four laps around the track at 185, 190 miles per hour. And it was just as smooth as riding a car on an interstate or something like that. You could right. see everything. The only thing that I that didn't bother me, but at the end of the four laps, I can tell the G-forces had messed with me. So when I stepped out of the car, <laughs> you know, my head was a little like uh, loopy. Right. So I had to be gentle when I stepped out of the car because I didn't want to fall down. But those guys doing 200 laps, right. 500 miles, times four corners, and at least a 230 miles an hour. Right. It's it was in, it's been impressive. So well, um, I must say that if anyone has the opportunity to go, I think they should yeah. put that on your bucket list <laughs> if you have that opportunity. I think it's you know. It's one of those, um, what are they, what's the word? It's one of those places that if you're a sports enthusiast, you have to visit the Brickyards. You know, you always heard about the Brickyard. Now I know what the Brickyard is, you know? <laughs> but it's like, you know, Yankee Stadium, you know, right. the Brickyards. It's one of those right. institutions. If you're a sports enthusiast, go see it for yourself in person. I remember the first time I saw the, the, the original Boston Garden. I'm like, wow. Place was a dump, but <laughs> it's it's a, with the parquet floor, it's an iconic institution within sports, and the brickyard is like that. So yeah. Now I saw the bricks, and we saw a brick that you had yourself, <laughs> your name <laughs> on it, that you had donated a brick to the brickyard. So it was really cool. I, I, yeah, I, I was like, man, this this is cool. This yeah. is cool. So, yeah. um. I just found it just very exhilarating to, to watch these cars. Just, I mean, just amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I must say, too, to add on, that there's a lot more vendors there than what I remember as well. Mm -hmm. you know, nice little shops, nice little memorabilia shops. Yeah. It's, it's just overall nice experience today. I'm glad you yeah. asked Absolutely. us up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it's, I, I go out there. I bought a bronze badge, and you guys, you know, we as we were going in there, 
and you guys paid, and I just had a badge that I just showed them. But I paid extra money to get this bronze badge. So it gives you access to the garages. It lets you in every day that you want to go out there. You just show them the badge, and you walk in, and you can go back and talk to the drivers or talk to their mechanics. And you can look at their cars and then work on the cars in the garages. And right. you'll see them buzzing in and out in golf carts and, and um, uh, uh, electric scooters. Mm -hmm. And you can talk and take selfies with them. They can sign autographs. And so all that comes with that, plus the fact that you can, you know, just go just about anywhere right. except race day. You can't get in on race day with the bronze badge, but you can go anyplace else. And I was, this week, I was out there three times, four times. So I went out Monday, went out Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, and then Thursday it rained. Friday I didn't go out. And then yesterday I didn't go out. But today went back out there and, you know. And then, then that would be neat just to get that close up to those cars and, you know, just look and see how they're built, what's in them, what's not in them. Yep. Yeah, Try so to persuade somebody to let you sit in it. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Stick your face in the garage I too didn't far. Say try. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it uh, is. because you, you know, that's been, you know, we were talking. I mean, that's been the the stigma with with race car driving for years is whether or not are these guys are really athletes or not, and. After that, I have to say, hell yeah, man. They, <laughs> they endure a lot for, like you say, man, it takes, I think you said it takes two and a half something hours Over two and, if, for this if there's, race. If two and a half no, hours. No accidents or anything. Right. Two and a half hours. So your body is being put under a lot of stress and strain for those two and a half hours with the G's and confined in this space. And you're traveling at 200 plus miles an hour for for you know two and a half. Hours. That it takes a toll on your body. Yeah. So to say that you don't need to train for this, that anybody can just hop in this car and do it, nah, I, I don't see that. And yeah. They made that real. Like, man, you you gotta you gotta have some some toughness about you <laughs> this, man. Not everybody can do this. No. It's it's like Steve said. I mean, they're doing ten miles in what three minutes or something. Doing less than three, yeah, 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 less than four that's, minutes. That's crazy. If you just sit and think how fast you would actually have to go, what is it, two and a half miles around or something? Two and a half miles. Yeah, and they're doing four laps, ten miles in three minutes. You know, no more than four. I would say. Right. That just lets you know the force in which they have to endure yeah. going that fast. Like you said, there's four corners that you got to hold on to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They call it an oval, but it's yeah. not an oval. It's yeah. a flat track. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a small it's, bank. Right. And you got four corners. Yeah, and I, I had an argument actually with one of my students at the time. They go, well, no, Mr. Johnson, it's an oval. I went, no, it's not an oval. You know, an oval is a continuous line. Right. I said, this right. has four separate straights. There are two short ones and two long ones, mm -hmm. and there are four oh, corners. <laughs> and, oh, no, oh, no. It's... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a rectangle is yeah. what it is. Yeah, and they've been running out there since uh, 1906. And they and, and and the person, the racetrack 
was built to test dirigibles. Mm-hmm. So uh, America's first ace in World War One actually created the track, Eddie Rickenbacker. And so he used it as a test track for dirigibles and so on. And right. someone said, oh, I got a motorcycle. Well, let's put motorcycles out there. Put, put this out there. And before you know it, hell, they're out there running around the, tr- the track. And he ends up selling it. And here it is, you know, over 100 years later. This is 106 running right. of the uh, official race. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's something I hope that everybody gets a chance to to witness, at least to say that you went mm-hmm. and uh, on race day, you know, there's two hundred and fifty thousand people that are there on that day. It is always the largest sporting event in the world on that day. Right. Wow. Two hundred and fifty thousand, and they're on the one hundredth. There was over 400,000 people at that race. 400,000 people at one race. It's, it's awesome. So uh, I'm glad you guys came up. Uh, it, it's, I, I always brag about it. Uh, met some other friends that I've known. They come out there. I introduce you to them. Right. And, uh, you know, they're, they're folks that go out there as as I mentioned earlier the extended Johnson family ex- comes in you know yeah. Broderick comes in and his wife comes in and Stephanie comes back home and Alex comes home and his fiance is coming up for the race she's into the race now so you know it's a, it's, it's a, fam- it's it's a family a thing yeah. yeah for sure so you can see where it's easy to get hooked oh you yeah know, how you how easily you can get hooked to this in, into this um, because it's 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 just it's pure sport <laughs> you know it's it's sort of like golf it's it's that driver against the track yeah, yeah. you know not necessarily you're racing against but you're you're trying to position yourself and you're managing that car and the speed of that vehicle uh, it's it's yeah it's it's pure sport yeah pure sport yeah well what did you think about the 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 place itself, the state, the the size. Uh, what would you? What did you expect when I you went know. into the stands yeah, or I anything? Didn't, I didn't know what to expect because, again, TV doesn't give you a good perspective. But um, you know, it's again there. There are certain places within the realm of sports that you have to see for yourself to say, mm-hmm. "Ah, that's the Indianapolis International Speedway. That's it." So you've been in there. So it was a lot bigger than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, when you a lot of times you're driving down the interstate and you see a racetrack from afar, you, you just see the stands or mm-hmm. but once you get in there, I'm like, man, this place is huge. You know? <laughs> yeah. And just the amount of ground that they have, you know, space that they have, it's huge. Yeah. So uh I was I was glad that I could I can say, yeah, I've, I've been to the Indy Five, but I've been to the place where it takes place. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, these these iconic places that I think you should right. visit if you're in the sports. You, you need to go visit them and just say, yeah, I saw it. I was there. I witnessed <laughs> it. You know. So, yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. Again, it's a different perspective when you're there. Whether it's in the stadium, you're in the stands, you're at the ballpark. It's a different perspective when you're there live. Yeah. And 
So that's that's what I got. I was just like, wow, this is this is amazing. Yeah, and, and you can see that the the people that were there were rooting for right. certain right. drivers. Right, right. You know, and they were cheering and they were right. standing right. up. You know, right. and, and and so on. Well, I was cheering for Ben K. Who's that? Ben K. Was that? Oh, his name? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. just like the color of his car, yeah. so that's the one I was cheering for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you know. They all were out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They put they some all, pressure on put, each other. Yeah, they put pressure on each other, especially the, the last six who were vying for that pole position. They're putting pressure on each other, man. And, uh, I mean. Scott Dixon won the pole. Scott Dixon yeah. won the pole. And his partner. I mean, was, yeah, came in second. Came in second. His teammate came in second. Mm-hmm. Teammate, came in second. So, it's, it was great, man. I just like, wow. <laughs> I, I, would, I would do it again. Okay. I would do it again. Uh, and that I, means we'll do it next year. We'll do it next year. We'll say next year we'll set up so we can. We'll be ready. We'll, we'll, be ready. <laughs> we'll be ready. The, the thing that you have to do, and, I, and I've, I've said this probably about six or seven times, is that the day after the time trials is the best time to go because they really race. They work on race setup. Right, right. They get a. a Full tank of fuel or methanol, and they practice pit stops. They practice passing. Mm -hmm. There's 33 cars out there at the same time, so people are jockeying around and they're working with teammates. You know, um, practice on Thursday, teammates went out together and Mm -hmm. they worked on passing. Right, right. You know, so one person would take the lead and they would draft off of one another. Right. And then the second person would pass them, and then they would work their way back. So they were seeing how the cars would work. There's a lot of strategy that goes on. I would imagine that, like you just said, when you have uh, more than one or two cars out there, it's totally different. Like you say, when you're drafting, and Mm -hmm. the force is going to be different because you're being shielded by someone behind them. And then to overtake them, now you're heading into that wind yourself. It's got to be just so tough and strenuous on your body. Yeah. You know, as we know ourselves when you and I used to ride bikes all the time, I get tired, I'd get behind you, <laughs> you get behind me. And it's a whole different feel. Yeah. You know? it and is, then, like you say, to be jockeying through a crowd is even more tearing in on your mind as well as everything else. Because now you got to look to see where everybody else is. Like you say, they can't touch. Right. You know, it's not like the Daytona where... You know, let me just right. bump you out the way right. so I can get that position. But it's, uh, like I say, if, if you think uh, golfers or athletes, there's no way that you can deny the fact that drivers aren't athletes. Right. And they're more of an athlete than a professional golf player. And you have to be a, an athlete to be a golf player, right. you know. that you know you asked me what I thought was a little different and it could be that I, I may not have just paid any attention the last time when I was there 
it, it is truly a little family thing. I mean, you see the amount of little kids that people would bring them out and they'd be pointing out things to them. You know, the, the, there's a car there, there's this. It, it's really nice to see that it's not just, uh, say, adults only, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, just to see the little kids out there and they're looking so enthusiastic. And it, it's really nice. It, it is a nice little family thing. Yeah, to them, yeah. look, it's yeah. a race car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They can go to the store and buy yeah. little replicas, and or they can go into the gift shop and buy little replicas. And one of them little kids one day might be on that track. <laughs> you yeah. know, you just you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I hope you come back. You've always always welcome to come back. So. We'll, next, we'll go back out there. The next adventure is, is I want to see the forced indie team out there. Yeah. The, the, it's, I think it's going to take them a few years. That's but okay. uh, Force Indie uh, is a minority-owned um, um, indie lights car. And um, they're trying to introduce more minorities to auto racing. Like you mentioned earlier, that... You know, Roger Penske's behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, NASCAR is trying to get more people involved. And um, Monday when I went out to the uh, Speedway, the number of black engineers for the uh, IndyCar series, mm-hmm. I saw probably seven or eight. So that yeah. tells you that yeah, more people exactly. are, are getting involved. It doesn't sound like a large number, but it it's is. It's not, but it's but a lot it more than it was. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, and people are starting to see that, you know, they can find jobs in NASCAR and Formula One and and IndyCar or anything that has wheels. They can can do that and make a decent living at it. So, okay, well, uh, I appreciate the, the feedback here, and as I mentioned before, you guys are welcome anytime to come back, and I hope you do make it back, and so we can go back out there. And I um, brought another uh, Corvette buddy. It was his first time out there to actually oh, wow. okay. see the cars. He's right. worked on the outside of the track. Yeah. You know, at the end of the race, there are people that the Speedway donate to their charities mm-hmm. uh, for help clean up the place. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. imagine 250,000 people and they're right. out there eating and drinking and doing whatever it's a lot of stuff that they pick up and so he was one of those guys but never actually went in and saw the cars right, and, and right. sam or his name is dave samuels is his first time actually seeing the cars run too so he was just as enthusiastic yeah. as you guys were so okay well uh you guys want to transition to something else wayne yeah, Anything else uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, we had a first this, uh, what is this? Yeah, we had a first last week uh, in the realm of mountaineering. Uh, there was a team of black climbers. They were the first all-black team to summit Mount Everest, which is, you know. The summit. <laughs> the summit. I mean, it's, 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 it's the granddaddy of all mountains, the tallest point on earth, and uh, they did this. I read their story on the internet, and, uh, you know, the work they put in, they, they all were experienced climbers, um, whether it was rock climbing, uh, several of them had climbed other peaks. They climbed Mount McKinley, they mm-hmm. climbed Kilimanjaro, and a couple of 
other peaks uh, before this, but uh, this was monumental in that the, the team, the people who provided their support, uh, set up the expedition, all were black. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah. Uh, Everest, you know, I, I, I like reading about Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't want to go up there, but I like reading about it. It's something they call that. It's, uh, the name doesn't come because of it being the highest peak. There is, what do they call it? Scary to heaven or something. There is something mm-hmm. that's got to do with it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fascinating, man. The, the, you know, the things that you learn about this, when you, when you get into the guts of reading about it, it's, it's really fascinating. But do I want to go up there? No. <laughs> air is too thin. The air is too thin. 28, over 28,000 yeah, feet 20, in the air? 29,000. 29, uh, it got remeasured here back, mm-hmm. in, I think, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, the geological society, whoever it is, that, that measures... Uh, does the measuring? They measured Everest, and it's now twenty nine thousand. It grows about uh, two inches yeah, a year because the the plates right. shift. Right. So uh, right now, it's a, it's new measurement is twenty nine thousand thirty one feet. Okay. Native. And just um, just fascinating stuff about how people get prepared to do this, what it's like once they get there, uh, the rituals that they partake in. Just fascinating. Fascinating, mm. but I was really, really, really proud to see that this all black team had summited. Uh, there have been other black people that have summited, but right. not an all not, black a, not team. a team, not a team. So, yeah. uh, kudos uh, to that team. They're called um, Everest. I have to look them up. Uh, so, you guys, your thoughts on it? I'll look them up. But they have a name. yeah, I mean, when you mentioned it, it's the first time that I had heard yeah. Yeah. that that had happened, and so I'm like. Wow, just think what Edmund Hiller is thinking right now. Who did it? Was it 1954? Uh, 53 or 54. 53 or 54 was the first time that someone had did that. Right. And the number of people that has attempted to do Everest and never came down, whose bodies are still up there. Right. You know, because... It's frozen solid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very dangerous, let alone being... 29,000 feet in the air. I mean, planes fly 30,000 feet. Right. And you're in a pressurized cabin. Right. So think about walking up. And how thin that is. Just just think about walking up to the top of the stairs today (laughs) at Indy 500. It's 144 steps because I've counted them. Right. 144 steps to make it to the top up there. Right. And you're only traveling about 60 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I put it in perspective. Pikes Peak is 14,000 something feet. It's twice. So basically, it's two Pikes Peaks and, and a little more. Yeah. You know, uh, to be in like, like you say, yeah. you're, you're in a plane, you're at 30, 35,000 feet. Pressurized. But you're pressurized. Pressurized. To, to put your life on the line, to go up there. And several people have summoned it with no oxygen. They mm-hmm. did it with no oxygen, right. taking a big chance. But there are people that have summoned it without. There are special. Yeah. So it's fascinating, man. I, the, the team that did it, they're called Full Circle Everest. Uh, and several of the members of that team, they're from Colorado. The guy who put the team together, he's from Colorado. Hmm. So that's what drew me to the story. And okay. Like, well, let me read some more about these guys. But they've been, been planning this for a while. And so they, they, How many women? How many... Uh, they had a picture. I think there were two women on the hmm. team. Nice, nice. Yeah, 
think there are two women on the team. Take that back. There are, there are yes, three women. Three women on the team. Okay. Three women on the team. So just just great, man, because as uh, the guy who, um, who organized the group, uh, his name is um, Phil Henderson. Uh, he's been on a quest to get more black people involved in outdoor activities, hiking, you know, snowshoeing, this type of stuff. So he's like, I know people like to climb. Right. So I'm, I'm going to reach out to some of these people. Let's put together a team. And uh, let's let's make reaching the top of the world one of our goals. <laughs> so they did. <laughs> they did. Hey, Ma. I'm on top of the world. On top of the world. <laughs> top of the world. Yes. White, white lightning. Top of the world. Yeah. So fascinating feat. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I had. Okay. Uh, Joe. Um, I don't have any, <laughs> any any topics that come to mind. That, yeah. Okay. Well, this was going to be a short one. And I thought we'd just talk about our reflections of going out to the Speedway today. And this topic came up uh, about the climbers, which is cool. I, like I said, I'd never heard of it uh, before until you brought it up. So, you know, like what we normally do across the tracks, things come up. Things pop up. And we, we discuss it. We so, discuss it. Yeah, this was a short one. So, uh, once again, if you reach out, you can contact us or if there's topics that you want to discuss please let us know and then we'll uh we'll uh try to cover those topics that was good man. okay always good yeah thanks again brother all right Everybody, no problem yeah. thanks for coming up you enjoyed it and uh hopefully it won't be the last time no, yeah. will not. as long as i'm around we'll just keep yeah. keep on pushing forward and right. i'll keep going out there and enjoying myself at the speedway even just to go and hang out so with that folks we like to say uh i'm gonna go back to something old from my old italian days chiliamo dopo and i'm gonna go for my early 2022 days <laughs> peace and hair grease <laughs> if you can't grow it sow it <laughs> it's a hair weave people <laughs> Signing off with Sayonara. Sayonara and Sayonara for Takuma Sota. Peace. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.